Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now, new plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now, 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. And good morning, everybody. It is time for you, guest at the Garden Wise Show, right here on Legends 810 with your Garden Wise Guys. I'm one of those Garden Wise Guys. I'm Jim Borland, and the other Garden Wise Guy is over there. He's called Keith Funk, though. Well, good morning. Yes, indeed. It's a good morning this morning. How you doing? It's a clear sky, except up again in the mountains. It's kind of smoky. Still. Still. Haven't they put those fires out yet? Seems like they would have burned through everything by now. <laughs> you would think. Do we have any forest left anywhere? Oh, really? Jeepers, creepers. Hey, we're going to do a garden show here this morning. The way this operates is that uh, with you in mind, that is your garden question. That's what we're here for is to answer your garden question. You have to get in here and talk with us, and that doesn't happen automatically. You have to pick up your dialing device or just leave it on the table there and put in these numbers, 303-477-2473. That'll get you right in here. And Sean will pick up the phone and ask you a series of questions like, you know, what size hat do you wear? What size is your left shoe? And, you know, good stuff like that. And that'll go right on our screen here. And we'll, 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 make, we'll make sense of it somehow. I think we should have the question today is, who is your favorite beetle? That could work. Yeah. And if, Japanese. It's, if it's Ringo, you hang up on him. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Nobody likes Ringo. <laughs> Speaking of entertainers, they had on one of the public service uh, uh, TV stations last night. It was a two-hour special on Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, yeah? What a consummate entertainer he oh, was. Oh, no kidding. I mean, he did everything. No kidding. Everything. Told jokes. He played musical instruments. He, he sang like crazy. Tap he dances. Acted. Oh, tap. just dances in general. God, he tapped. He taps up a storm. No kidding. Holy Moses. How do you get so much talent in such a tiny package? Well, at the end, they were. It was a, a big tribute to him in some con or some concert, someplace. Sixty years in show business. Oh my goodness! He died at sixty-five. Really? <laughs> yeah. So he was on the stage from age five on. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what. A, what a what a entertainer, man, and a voice mm -hmm. for such a tiny guy to have such a huge booming voice. Mm -hmm. Not like today's singers. God. Well, yeah, I'm just wondering when did when did singing go from singing to just screaming? Sustained screaming. Sustained scream. That's mostly what modern music is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to listen to sometimes. I, well, I don't. <laughs> I, yeah, there's lots of channels. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what I did? Well, hello. I took my wife and my dogs, and we went up in the mountains yesterday. I saw those pictures on uh, on the Facebook. Yeah. 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 And you yeah. took dogs, too? Yeah, we took the dogs. Did they appreciate it? Um, they whimpered a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it got irritating. Had they been on a car ride that long? Oh, yeah. Long? Yeah, okay. Uh -huh. Yeah, they've been up there. We So we we got up to, I think we went up to Guanella Pass. That's above Georgetown, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Went up there. Went the back way. Cool. Up 285 and then yeah. on to uh, 
County Road 62, and then it kind of winds its way up there. Yeah. Uh, beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely. But the best Aspen we saw were on the other side coming down into Georgetown. Mm-hmm. That's the, that was the best color we saw. I think we were about a week early yet. Yeah. yeah. It looked pretty pretty golden. They were, and there was a lot, there was a lot of red up there. Yeah, that would, yeah. <coughs> red lot, and orange. Yeah, yeah, a lot of plants do turn reddish up there. Well, I mean Aspen. That were, oh, Aspen. Oh, uh, oh, that, oh, that oh, red, okay. red yeah. and orange color. And I'm thinking, okay, so there's, there's a, you, you hear people talk about, oh, it's, it's environmental. You know, they're growing in a specific place that has the right conditions to make the red show up versus the yellow. And I'm seeing red in the middle surrounded by yellow. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well. What's that all about? What's that all about? It must be genetic as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I've read papers on that, and it seems like nobody has come up with a great conclusion why that happens. Well, if they, if they hurry up and figure it out, because we need some red clones. Well, we do. But nobody's really come up with any well, good red ones, have they? People have been looking into that, but you can't, you can't do cuttings on aspen very easily. It can be done, but it's yeah. not an easy thing to do, and therefore it has to be grafted. Oh, and then the like, suckers are different. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. So, got a big problem there. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, uh, there are some pretty colors up there. And uh, Gamble's Oak and just south of us here will start turning colors. And you know what else was up there that surprised me? In full bloom, lupin. Yeah, it's a silly thing. It blooms all summer long. It was a full bloom. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. These big patches of purple here and there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even in my front yard, uh, probably not the same species, but um, it reacts to rain. Well, don't we all? <laughs> yeah, I go inside. <laughs> <laughs> they, if it gets sufficient rain, they'll come back into bloom again. I'll be darned. On the same stock that already bloomed. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. So I was just things. driving past. I didn't stop and inspect. Yeah. But well, this year there weren't many blooms later on in the summer. Yeah. We haven't gotten had much rain down here. And then there was one when uh, coming down into Georgetown, you you pass several small, I call them ponds, and not, they're not really big enough to be lakes. I don't, they're dams. Yeah. Okay. On the way down. And just as we're coming past this one, a bald eagle flies down from a tree and flies across the lake. Cool. And and the lake is dark, and so you could really yeah. see the bald eagle's head yeah. by contrast. It cool. Was, it was uh, almost run off the road because <laughs> it's really windy there. Was he, <laughs> was he going after a moose? <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know okay. what he was going after, but he was, it was beautiful. Yeah. You forget how big these things can they, be. They are big birds. Yeah. How do they stay up in the air? Yeah. There was one time over in, in, the, in our past studio, which we can see from our window here, by the way. And I don't see anybody in that studio right now. Um, <laughs> we were looking out the window. He's got a telescope. We've got <laughs> looking out the window to the north, and there was a bald eagle. You, you were busy answering a silly question or something on the Oh, air, okay. And bald eagle was just flying right towards our 10th story, 11 no. story window. Yeah. yeah. Of course, he veered off before he hit, hit the window. But well, yeah, cool. they are smart. Yeah. <laughs> They do have brains. All right. right. Hey, we have full lines. We do have full lines. I see that. And uh, I'll bet there's a question on each one of those. Okay. Well, let's start with Pat in Arvada about a lawn fungus. Good morning, Pat. Hi. Uh, Between my neighbor and myself, and she has the tree on her side, and I believe she has done some 4 o'clock in the afternoon watering, which hasn't helped anything and probably created the problem. Um, We have reoccurring fungus 
uh, right on the uh, property line. Now, what would be most likely for me to get rid of that and not get it back again? Probably a spring spray of uh, of a proper fungicide, which will be dictated by the kind of fungus that you have. Can you describe what what these patches of fungus look like? Well, they're just, they just look like yellow grass that spreads out. Does the and grass die then? Yes. Well, um, I don't know if it dies because I put Tide detergent on it, but I don't think it's going to die all by itself. It sounds like it might be annual bluegrass and not fungus because annual bluegrass does die out. Yeah, it could be a different grass. Is that a possibility? Does the grass look different? No. Uh, no, it doesn't. Hmm. Well, like Jim said, knowing what kind of fungus is, a fungus it is, is going to, number one, tell you what fungicide will work on it, and number two, when is the most efficacious time to apply a fungicide? Um, I mean, you can, you can put a fungicide down, but it might be the wrong one and the, right, run, and the wrong time to be any good. So it needs to be identified, and the way you do that, uh, if you want to really know what it is, for absolute positive sure, is um, I would take it over to the Jeffco Fairgrounds Extensions office, take a sample over there, and boy, back in the day when I was the agent there, I would ask for a sample the size of a sheet of notebook paper, uh, you know, dug out like a piece of sod, on the edge of the damaged area, so half the sample is green healthy grass and the other part of the sample is showing the the damage so that they can go through and see how it's moving through into the healthy grass um, okay. the time of year i mean they're going to ask you all kinds of questions like when did you when do you first notice the damage happening the symptoms start to show up and do you do you know that off the top of your head yeah yeah it wouldn't be until probably about july until July, all right. And is it irregular patches, or is there a particular pattern or shape to it? Um, no, not a particular shape to it. Okay. And is it always in the same area? Yep. Okay. Well, one thing I would do, if it were mine, the first thing I would do before I take a sample in is to get a shovel. And this sounds terrible. Get a shovel and dig down in that area and see if there's something buried under there. Well, it's all along the whole property line. The whole property line? Yeah. And wow. Some of it, now, I did put some Tide detergent on, so one part of it is better. But I, I think when her people who do her lawn come, <clears throat> it probably flicks it on to my yard, and the lower half of it, is is worse there's one part that's probably a foot by a foot big yeah yeah i i think i'd first off try to get a positive id that you know if it is if it is actually a fungus and if it is what kind it is so that you know what to take care of it with so where is the jefferson county you said fairgrounds yes there's a jeffco fairgrounds at uh sixth avenue in indiana it's on the south side of Sixth Avenue, along the frontage road. Yeah, it's, it's on. It's off the frontage road itself. So if you take if you if you take Indiana south, there'll be a the the first road you hit is the frontage road, 
and you take that west. But you'll oh. see it. It's a big complex there. Oh. And, and, the, and the horticulture agent is there on the fairgrounds. You wouldn't happen to have a number to them, do you? Not off the top of my head, I don't. I used to have it memorized because I worked there for years. <laughs> they probably changed it three times since More then. More than likely, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so take a sample to them, okay. Yeah. And I guess you could still do that now at this point. Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that way you can find out, you know, is it is it something I treat for in the fall? Do I treat for it in the spring? And when in the spring, in March or in May? Um, or do I wait until I see symptoms in july it just all depends on the type of fungus it is and when is the best time and the timing is going to be more important even than the fungicide because most of the fungicides out there will they'll take care of the funguses regardless you don't even have to know what kind it is really Um, but the timing is going to be really important i wonder if you use that fungicide and did in the spring and the fall well, um, yeah, once you find out what it is, there will be recommendations on when to apply it, not only the first time, but also the subsequent uh, applications as well. Will, will they know um, pretty quickly what it is? They should be able to identify it right off the bat. Okay. If, if, they, if, if, if the agent is there, if, if you're dealing with the master gardener, then they may, <coughs> it may take a few days for, for them to run it by the agent and get a definite ID. Well, they may have to send it up to CSU. Yeah, they might have to send it out. Oh, oh. okay. Now, if you've uh, got a paper and pencil handy, I do have a phone number. It's oh, it's okay. an old I, phone I, number, I but yeah, let's let's hope that it works. It's area code three zero three. Okay. Two seven one. Okay. Six six two zero. Okay, great. I have that. I will use that and see what I can do with that. Yeah, you might want to give them a call ahead of time to find out, you know, what the hours are and what, when the agent is in the office or that sort of thing. Okay. I don't know if, they're t- if they have specific times. You know, this whole COVID thing, you know, yeah. th- they, they may have, you may have to make an appointment so that there's not too many people in there at once. I don't know. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll look into doing that. So um, I have another question. Um, can you buy sterilized soil? because I'm ready to start my, trans- my uh, propagation in the house, and I've been sterilizing with boiling water, and that's getting really rigorous. Um, can, I, can you buy sterilized soil? Isn't, isn't I, most sto- soil? <clears throat> I, not sterile. Um, it should be, uh, most of the bagged potting soil should be free of disease. I can't say that it's sterile. Oh, I, I have seen where, I have seen down south, is it in Florence or Florissant or somewhere down in that area is where Scott's miracle Grow has a plant that mixes their soils and, and their components are in giant piles outdoors with weeds growing on yeah, them. Yeah. So I would, I would say that that one's not sterile. <laughs> there is a method of, uh, of heating your soil in the oven, if you don't mind the smell. Well, that's why I haven't done it in the oven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I've, occasion to, I've had occasion to do it out on the barbecue. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of the things I might say is that um, I got horse troughs this year. I have three of them, uh, sizable ones that I got from Home Depot. Mm-hmm. And I, I put mulch in. And the reason I did is because I got tired of picking um, mulch and soil and compost out <clears> of barrels. 
And so being the fact that these are all of those three are in the soil too, in um, those horse troughs, uh, could that be that it, they've set out in the sun that they could be sterile from no. doing that? No. No, our temperatures don't get quite high enough to... Uh, to cook the soil in a large volume like that. What, why are you wanting sterile soil? Well, because I had gnats last year, and I'm trying to avoid that this year. Okay. Because, uh, you know, a healthy soil that is good for plants is typically not sterile. I mean, there's all kinds of microflora and fauna in the soil that is important for good root growth. So, um, you know, the only time I ever use... What I would consider sterile soil is when I'm starting seed. Well, and, and I've done that with the regular seeding soil, but when it gets down to, my thought was that I had such a bad infestation of gnats last year, I'm trying to get rid of those fungus that caused that. It's not a fungus that caused that. Gnats, the fungus gnats are in the soil feeding on decomposing organic material, and that Typically, if I hear people having problems with fungus gnats, is they're keeping things too wet. Yeah, and that's, that could be the case also. But, but I found I that using some yellow sticky traps. Right, and I, I did do that. And that, boy, that, that wipes them out in no time, for me at least. Well, I've already got them up in the plants that I've uh-huh. put, put there. So I'm just trying to avoid that. And I don't know if it's worth doing the boiling of the water and all this. Yeah, I I know about that method. It sounds to be pretty messy. Yeah, and it's not going to it's not going to prevent the soil from being reinfested. Well, if it would just stop the soil from being infested to begin with, is what I was thinking. Yeah. Good question. I don't know. I I mean, a good quality potting soil should not have fungus gnats in it. Yeah. Period. And by good quality, what what are you saying? The one I use is the Fertilome Ultimate Potting Soil. Okay. And that, that one always comes to me very clean. I mean, if you open a bag and gnats fly out, you know you've got a problem. So, Fertilome Ultimate. Mm-hmm. Comes in a red bag. Where do you get that? Most any garden center, independent garden center, will have it. Okay. I'm sure you can get it over. Let's see, you're in Arvada, so Ectors would be close. Um, Abner's, Young's. Well, would Ectors know uh, how to treat the fungus in the soil? They might. If uh, if you could uh, take your sample in and ask for Harriet. Yeah, Harriet, yeah. Uh, that's who I usually talk to. She's pretty knowledgeable, and if she can't identify it, she'll tell you. She won't, she won't uh, string you along with guesses and... Uh, and then if she can't do it, then I'd take it over to the extension office. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, so that's, uh, give me some direction here, and uh, I will follow what you tell me. Okay. Thank you so much. You bet. You're welcome, Pat. Thanks for calling. <clears throat> Bye-bye. All right, we're at a break. Well, to break, we will take. It uh, won't be very long, so don't go anywhere. We have who on the line right now? We've got Janet. I wants to talk about transplanting, and Billy wants to talk about rejuvenation of bushes. Okay, bush rejuvenation coming right up, right after this on Legends 810. 
After all that watering and maintenance, is your lawn supposed to be admired like some ancient statue in a museum? No! It's supposed to be enjoyed. It's for you, your kids, grandkids, pets, and friends. You should spend autumn evenings leisurely eating dinner, afternoons watching kids and animals run back and forth. It's a place to have water balloon fights or touch football games. But can your grass take that kind of pounding? Or will it quickly turn to dirt and mud and weeds? You need a lawn that's been engineered to withstand lots of traffic and still thrive in our Colorado climate. You need Colorado's own turf mix. It's a well-balanced blend of award-winning grasses that grow in our sun or moving shade and tolerate heavy foot traffic. The aggressive root system creates a dense, thick turf, perfect for outdoor adventures. Plus, it's insect, disease, and drought resistant. Look for Colorado's own turf mix at these and other fine garden centers. Tagawa Gardens, Jared's Nursery, Wilmore Nursery, City Floral Garden Center. Fall savings is in the air at Nick's Garden Center and Farm Market. Take 40% off of trees, shrubs, evergreens, and perennials. Take advantage of the fall weather and get a head start on planting for next year. Summer produce is in full swing. Our farm market is loaded with fresh fruits and vegetables picked at their peak of flavor. September is time for Colorado apples, pears, winter squash, and fresh roasted peppers. At the end of September, Nix is ramping up their annual fall festival. Choose from thousands of pumpkins, straw, corn stalks, and fall decor. Don't forget to plant some hardy pansies, mums, and fall asters to brighten up your garden for fall. It's also a great time to plant fall bulbs. We have a great selection of tulips, daffodils, crocuses, and hyacinths for beautiful spring color. Nix is located two blocks north of Iliff on Chambers Road in Aurora. Also visit us at nixgardencenter.com. Call into the Fix It Show with your questions about your home. Saturday morning at 930. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix-It show. Helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix-It show every Saturday morning from 930 to 1030 on Legends. we are back and thank you for coming back and listening to the garden wise show with the garden wise guys here on legends 810 that would be us you know with all this covid stuff going around i've washed my hands so many times i found the answers to my eighth grade social study test <laughs> so you were a cheater hey i wanted to let everybody know in case you already didn't know this uh today is the pumpkin fest at jared's and what is that, you ask? Yeah, what is ask that? Ask me. Yeah, what is that, Keith? <laughs> it's Pumpkin Fest. I already told you that. Oh, I know. It's from 10 a.m. until 4. It's their giant pumpkin weigh-off. And that the weighing starts at noon, and it goes till 2 p.m. And then the pumpkin drop. What is that, you might ask? Yeah, what is that, Keith? It's Pumpkin Drop, I told you. <laughs> they take a big old, big giant pumpkin. I yeah. mean, one of these monster honker things. Yeah. And they've got a crane, and they take it up in the air like 7,000 feet or something like that and drop it on the parking lot. <laughs> That's right. You're not allowed anywhere close to it. That's right. It catches fire on yeah. its way down. <laughs> and don't park nearby. <laughs> take your umbrella. <laughs> That's right. They do a parking on the west side. It's a different entrance, uh, at least it was now two years ago. Okay. And uh, lots of parking. 
tons of parking over yeah. there. Well, they, they get a bunch of people. Yeah. They, oh, they do. <coughs> yeah. It's something else. And then there's all kinds of other stuff going on. There's oh, yeah. mazes and all sorts of things you can do while you're there. But check it out on their website at jaredsgarden.com. Uh, but, yeah, head out there. It's a fun time today. And it's the, it's the kickoff of the way off because then Nick's will have one coming up here in a week, a week or two. I think it's two weeks. Yeah, it's usually a week or two weeks. I don't remember. Might be one week. I'll have to double check that. We'll have that information for you later today. And then there's also one up in Fort Collins. Yes. As well. So, (laughs) and and these are all have to be official, officially sanctioned. Yes. Pumpkin way off sites. Yeah. You can't just do it willy nilly. No. You have to. You have to be. No. It's kind of fun watching uh, the guys who who handle these pumpkins because mm-hmm. they've done it for many many <coughs> times and they have it all down pat. They know, you know, how to lift them up and how to how to attach the slings to them so they can weigh them and it's, and then look underneath to see if there's any any rot because if yeah. there's any rot under there, that's it. You're out of there. Well, I, you know, the first time I saw one of these way offs, I think it was maybe ten years ago or so. I thought I'd seen everything. No. And then I saw these pumpkins pull in, <laughs> and my jaw dropped. I had no idea. We were doing a remote at Jared's one, the pumpkin Saturday. That uh, might have been the first time I'd ever seen oh, something like while, that. And while we were on the air talking to people, in, in rolls these pickup trucks with one fruit in the back. Yeah, or a fl- all- they're pulling a flatbed <laughs> with a giant <laughs> pumpkin on a pallet. That's all the room they have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Moses. You and could live in one of these yeah, things. These hey, there's a great idea for small houses. I know. They wouldn't last very long, but. <laughs> and they'd be kind of moist. <laughs> <laughs> it would be. <laughs> All right, enough of that silliness. Let's get back out to the phones. We've got Janet waiting to talk to us out in Centennial. Good morning, Janet. Good morning. How are you today? Excellent. What's going on with your bad self? Well, um, I need a pep talk and to get me out there and plant those bulbs I bought a couple weeks ago. <laughs> go, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but I, what I do, I have a viburnum that's really not happy. It's very, it didn't, just didn't do anything this summer. So I need to transplant it. Do I do it now or do I do it in the spring? New ideally I would do it in the spring. Yeah. What kind of viburnum is it? Summer snowflake. Ah, ah, okay. And what kind of location is it in now as far as light and so forth? Well, it gets the afternoon sun. Oh, there's, there's, there's your problem it. right there. Yep. Really? Yeah. yeah. What? Put that in morning sun and afternoon shade. Oh, oh. Yeah, the label sometimes doesn't say that kind of stuff. (laughs) That's the problem with a lot of nursery stock in the nurseries is that they have generic tags on them that were put on there by the grower, wherever the grower is. And these generic tags are very often, in fact, almost always generic for the entire country. So you'll see tags on boxwoods and yews here that say full sun. Not a good idea. Uh So be very, you know, ask a lot of questions at the garden center. Make sure that you're getting it in the right spot because uh, it, can, it can be a little different than what's on the tag as far as what does really well here. I have found with summer snowflake and that whole viburnum placatum group. Uh, it's viburnum placatum tomentosa, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, they don't like the hot afternoon sun. 
Oh, I see. Okay. So get Boy, in I might some... have a hard time getting morning sun. Yeah. I, it, it's next to some grass and such that I thought maybe was stealing all of its water. Well, well that, that might too. yeah, that might be going on too, but uh, yeah, because yeah. they don't like a dry spot either. No. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, I'll I'll do the best I can. I don't have a lot of morning sun. So well, you're just going to have to go out and get some. Well, I think you yes, know the I'm most sure. important Maybe. part. Even full shade would be better than afternoon sun. Really? Really? Yeah. Oh. Oh well, I have a spot like that. Okay, so if it, especially okay. if it's nice, get lots of light. Lots of light, but no direct hot sun, and you'll, you'll be amazed how much better it does. But do it in the spring, before it leaves out. Do it in the spring. Okay. If you can, if you can wait. Right, in a perfect good. world, that's when I would do it. Actually, no, that makes it easier for me to do it then. But I just didn't want to, I just didn't know which way to do it. You may, okay. you may want to prepare your hole now for next spring. So it's easier to dig, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. That might be an idea to do that. And, and then and just, just put a pot in it or something to keep it No, open? just, well, just prepare the soil for it to be received. You'll have to dig it back out again next spring, but... You won't be going into oh, hard see. ground right away. And you know how springs can be on the, okay. on the moist side here, which makes it difficult to do transplanting when you really want to do it. Um, so if you right. get the hole ready now and just, uh, like Jim said, throw the soil back in, but it'll be easier to take out in the spring. Okay. Okay, I've got a spot I can put it in where it has uh, probably a <clears throat> twinkle of morning sun because there's a lot of trees there, but... Wouldn't Tw- get any afternoon hot. Oh, I, yeah, I guess it is pretty hot in the afternoon, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, twinkles are better. Okay. All right. Well, you saved my plant, I hope. Okay, good. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay, okay. Enjoy your show. Thank you. Bye. I'm preparing a hole right now to receive a red. It's not a red twig dogwood. It's, it's a color other than red. Oh, what do you got? <laughs> I don't know. It volunteered. Really? I have no idea where, and it's something I would never buy. Birds. Ah, that's right. I never, I never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really pretty in the fall when the, when the stems turn color. Mm-hmm. And I've moved it probably four times. Is that right? I don't know why. I just don't put it in the compost pond and be done with it. Well, this year, it really grew. Put it in the vegetable garden. And it's oh, like yeah. six feet tall now. Yeah, and I'm looking at the site that I'm preparing for it, and thinking, hmm, not even close to being enough space. <laughs> so now I got to move somewhere else. That's the way it goes. Musical chairs in the garden. I know. I don't know whether to move it this fall or probably next spring, but I want to get out of there. So I can put it someplace permanent. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. She called about that summer snowflake viburnum. It's it's a wonderful viburnum. Oh yeah, they're pr- all the pilcatums I think are pretty. Yeah, yeah, and and this particular one, summer snowflake, blooms all summer. Yep. It just keeps blooming, and I you know it's not a big grower. It might get four or five feet tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's very well behaved. It's a nicely shaped plant, and it also has nice fall color. I don't know that I've ever seen berries on it. I think it's mostly sterile. Yeah, I think, I think most of them are sterile. Yeah, yeah, come to think of it. And then I have the um, the straight, the old Mauricii, Mersii, Mauricii. I don't know how you pronounce it. Um, it's the big growing one that ha- the, they call it a double file viburnum. Yeah, and that one's really kind of cool because it blooms sort of like a dogwood, 
where all the flowers just line up on top of the branches Mm -hmm. and just create these layers. Um, It's it's a beautiful thing. And again, in the fall, it's gorgeous. Yep. So take a look at those. Uh, They do great in afternoon shade. Uh, I have both of mine in almost full shade. Well, the one is definitely in full shade. The big one is in full shade. So, and they're doing just fine. And that's the beauty of Colorado light. Being up at this altitude, even our shade is bright. Yeah, bright shade. So that helps a lot. Classic bright shade. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guess what? We lost only an inch of water this last (coughs) week. Yeah, yeah. We still still don't know where it went, but it's only an inch. Yeah, I sent out some search parties. Well, we had a couple 70-degree days. That helps. Well, an 80-degree day. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to be back in the 80s today and tomorrow, (coughs) too. Yep. So summer hasn't quite left. Might even hit 90 tomorrow, they're thinking. No, I don't want to hear that. Okay. I'm done with 90s. I think if it does, it'll break a record. Another another record, yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I know. What's a record for today, by the way, is, and I have that written down here as soon as I can find it, record high today, speaking of 90, is 91 degrees. And that happened back in 98. Record low. You may want to close your ears on this one. Okay. (laughs) At 25 degrees. Oh, my. That was back in 1926. 1926. Yeah. That's a long time ago. That that record's ready to be broken. I was only a couple years old then. I know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know what they say about records? They're made to be broken. That's right. (laughs) All right. Let's get back out to the phones. We've got Billy waiting to talk to us. Good morning, Billy. Good morning. What's going on? Well, I have um, a couple of bushes that I need to know if I can cut them to the ground. One of them is a burning bush, and there's a lot of dead in it, and I wondered if I could just cut the whole thing down and if it would come back. <sighs> I'm not sure I'd cut it to the ground. I'd leave about, oh, probably at least six inches. Okay. And then you can take the dead stuff, of course, right to the ground. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, the last winter or two has been been tough on euonymus. Yeah, burning bushes, they're kind of fussy about being pruned too hard. Sometimes yeah. they come back, sometimes they don't. So be prepared to be sacrificing this bush to the the Cause, plant gods. Cause he, so it, it might be better to just cut the dead out. And see yeah, what you can you now. can do that. You can do that any. You can do that now if you want. Okay. Yeah, and I you know if I've seen people cut them back by fifty percent. And they do just fine. But uh, a really hard, severe pruning, that'd be kind of hard on it. I'd take the dead out now, and then in the spring do your finished pruning on the live wood. Okay. The other thing you might try, this takes a couple years to determine, is that to go ahead and cut it back, like say Keith said, about halfway. And watch what happens. Where does the new growth come from? If there's new growth coming from, from the base or really close to the base, you can probably next year cut all the way back to that. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, I'll give that a try. Uh, another bush I have is a plum bush, and it's um, a lot of the stems have big bare spots in it, and then at the end it'll have more leaves again. And I wondered about rejuvenating that. Yeah, plum bush, what color are the leaves? Um, Sort of a purplish brown. Yeah, that's that's one you can cut to the ground. Okay. It will come back up. 
Okay. And, but again, and, in the spring. Yeah, in, in the spring okay. this time. Late winter, early spring. But you're describing what what all of them turn into over time. Okay. And most people don't know that they should do anything. They just have, you have to have to put up with it looking ugly for many, many years. Yeah, well, I don't want it to do that. Yeah. Um, and the other question I had is I, I'm not going to be able to fertilize until first or second week in October. <clears throat> is it better to aerate first or aerate fertilize first. first? Yeah, aerate, aerate first. first, yep. Okay. You're hoping that some of that fertilizer falls down into the holes that your aeration makes. Okay. That, of course, is where the roots are. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I'll do. Those were my questions. All righty. Great. Well, thank, thank you, you for, for your going. Help. Mm-hmm. All right. Bye-bye. We need a machine that will aerate and fertilize at the same time. That would be good. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. That would save a lot of time. Or if you have a machine that comes in after the aeration and can locate every one of those holes and put fertilizer in them. (laughs) (laughs) So when you aerate, you want to get GPS location for every hole that you make. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) We laugh. Who knows? Down the road. Somebody's already figured that out. Oh, man. Well, we have open lines right now. I, that's not my fault. I know it's my fault. We were, I was. All right, here's the way you guys out there can fill them up with your garden questions. Uh, you have to pick up your device and put in these numbers, 303-477-2473. That'll get you right, right in here. You know, the garden centers are starting to fill up mm-hmm. with fall <clears throat> bulbs. And this is a great time to go get them. It is. The uh, There's no reason to wait for planting them unless the area that you want to plant to still have um, you know annuals or something growing and blooming and pretty and and you're not ready to take them out and if that's the case store them someplace cool which is typically not your garage because it'll heat up during the day yeah so if you can store them someplace cool like in an extra bedroom or down in the basement um, put a big sign on your refrigerator don't forget the bulbs yes that would be good because if they're out of sight, for me, they're typically out of mind. And uh, then you can plant them whenever you're ready. Um, no need to wait, though. I mean, if, you, if the area that you want to plant in is ready to go, go ahead and plant them today if you want to. There's no reason to wait for, and I'm using air quotes here, cooler weather and cooler yeah. soil. Not needed. I was watching um, my buddy Monty Don this morning mm-hmm. on Gardener's World. Mm-hmm. He was talking about... November, December is the time to plant your tulips. And I'm thinking, well, why? Why wait till then? And then I find out that his borders aren't ready to take them until then because he hasn't cleaned them out. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's his reason. That's his reason, not not the tulips' reason. And he lives in a different country, too. Well, this is true. (laughs) But it's just as cold, almost as cold there as it is here. Yeah, but it's only as cold there as it is here for like a week. That's right. (laughs) Hey, there's uh, been some new new uh, new plants that have been released. Yeah, Ekin, yeah released pur- into the wild. Yeah, purple coneflower, but none of these are purple. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, they're echinaceas, and um, here here's a list of the new ones that I found: Pure, uh, pink and white, sensation black pearl, pink skipper, orange pearl. And this is one of my favorites: fine feathered scarlet ibis. Drumstick purple, drumstick yellow, and pickup yellow. Okay. And each one of those has uh, a definition of the color it's going to be. And that brings my total up to 
Do I have a drum roll or something here? 738. Really? Yeah. Oh, we're not going to hit 800 this year, are we? Mm, don't think so. Probably not even next year. Not at this rate. It's really slowed down. I got I got a, a thumbs up notification from one of the breeders. Oh yeah. In in the Netherlands. Okay. Marco van Noort is his name. Oh yeah, we know Marco. Yeah, we know Marco. Yeah. <laughs> he came up with the a whole bunch of them, but pink and white is the one he commented on. He just gave me thumbs up. Yeah, baby. Yeah. He invented that game, didn't he? Thumbs up? No, Marco. Oh. Polo. <laughs> no, it's Marco van Noort. You know, uh-huh. we all know what Van Nort means. Well, of course we do. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe you asked me. Of the North Sea. We knew somebody was into bulbs who had Van Nort in his name. We do? Yeah. Remember the guy who used to sell bulbs around here? Well, uh, there's Dick Wilbrink. No, this is... And Hank Stufbergen. This guy was a, was a, was a lowlander. I don't know. Huh. I don't remember Van Nort. Maybe it was Van Nord means the oh, same thing. Oh, Cornelius Vanderward. Van, Va- Vander Nord? Vanderward, I thought it was. I don't remember now. Yeah. I remember Cornelius. Yeah. He lived in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Still speaking Dutch, I, 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 yeah. I think. <laughs> All right, he, he must have retired by now. I don't know. It was his, his own company uh, that he was that he had. Um, maybe he sold it. Uh, who knows? Yeah. yeah hey, we no, got to take a break. Yeah, a lot of consolidation in that we, world over. over we've the got years. Uh, we've got Jeff waiting to talk to <coughs> us about oh beans. <laughs> I've got my glasses on yeah. and I can't read beans. <laughs> and Joe out in Arvada wants to talk about cucumbers. Can we do both of those at once? No. Okay, we're going to handle both of those, but it's separately when we get back here on Legends Eight Ten. Autumn skies and pumpkin pies. Days getting shorter and nights getting cooler. At Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center, we've been looking forward to the changing seasons and fall gardening. Pansies, pansies, pansies. It's all about adding this sturdy winter hardy bloomer to your landscape. Don't miss out on one of the best garden plants for Colorado. The colors range from yellow, oranges, to purples and reds, and in a multitude of pot sizes too. Plant them over your tulip bulbs for a spectacular show next spring. Rejuvenate your heat-tired patio pots. Pick up hardy mums, flowering kale, asters, and rudbeckia. And don't forget about your lawn. It's time to fertilize with Fertilome Winterizer. Stop by. We're open daily. Talk with Tanner and his crew. They can help with all your gardening needs. Fall in love with autumn. Come visit us at Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center. Located at 600 South Public Road in the heart of Lafayette. Call us at 303-665-5555 or visit us online at lafayetteflorist.com. We're open daily. Do you have weeds popping up in your lawn? Autumn is a very effective time of year to rid your lawn of troublesome weeds, but our weather can be too cold or damp for most herbicides to have any effect. Fertilome has a solution for that. Weed-Free Zone. Weed-Free Zone is one of the few weed killers you can use during the cooler parts of the year. Use it for dandelions, bindweed, 
clover, spurge, and more. You can reseed in two weeks and it can rain just a few hours after you've applied it. Fertilome can give your lawn a weed-free zone that will make you the envy of the neighborhood. Use the product the professionals use. Try Fertilome Weed-Free Zone. You'll find Fertilome Weed-Free Zone at your favorite independent garden retailer, Wilmore Nursery in Littleton, The Tree Farm in Longmont, Nick's Garden Center in Aurora, Lafayette Florist and Greenhouse in Lafayette. Find your closest dealer at Fertilome.com and be sure to tell them the Garden Wise Guys sent you. Someone's pointing at me. That means we are back on the air here on Legends 810. The Garden Wise Guys, Jim Borland and Keith Funk, taking your garden questions and, uh, and trying to answer them as best we know how. And we're pretty good at it. Well, uh, that's what my wife says. <laughs> but then you know I Your pair. wife says you're cool, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm one of the cool guys. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get back out to the phones. Jeff's waiting to talk to us about beans. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, guys. What's going on? Well, our beans have slowed way down. So the only thing, well, mostly the only thing we have left on them are the bigger beans that we missed Mm -hmm. picking them. And that's okay because we save them for seed. Mm -hmm. Do I need to keep watering the beans until those pods dry up completely or at what point? No, when, when they start drying, I think you can pull the water. And and you'll you'll know that you've done this before in the past. The pods will start turning yellow, right? Assuming right. they're green beans. Yeah, they are, they they yeah. are. I I just it's like eh, why am I watering all these beans when yeah. all I've got left are the great big green one. I mean, they're the seeds are completely formed, but I didn't know if I have to let them dry or start at least start to dry on the plant or not. Yeah, you want to let them get far enough along so that that they're going to be fully ripe before they're harvested and okay. like i said when the pod starts turning yellow they're fully ripe they just have to dry now okay okay and one other question is <clears throat> i believe it's jim always says don't think you're helping the calcium in the garden by putting eggshells in your compost Unless you've done it for ten years. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah you're you're helping your grandchildren, grandchildren, add well, calcium. And by the way, our soils don't need any more calcium. Well, I've been doing it for forty years. Am I getting anywhere? Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Did you mark your shells when you put them in there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, part, of, part actually part of the reason I don't mind doing it is even if I'm not helping. Um, Every spring, then the birds come because there's busted up shells all over every yeah, out yeah. there. Every spring, the birds come in and they hit the the shells. And yeah, I yeah. presume it's for their own egg laying. Yeah, so yeah, they eat them up and uh, turn that back into calcium again. Right, right. So, okay, good enough. Thank you guys. You bet. Thanks for all calling, right. Jeff. All righty. Bye. Now, you said our soils don't need calcium. I want to say that there might be some that do. Some of the sandier soils out in the Aurora area or maybe some of the more gravelly soils up in the mountains, you think? A test would tell you for sure. Absolutely. Uh, but I was thinking there are many areas in the mountains that have that are limestone. Oh, really? You don't think of I it. thought you it was think, mostly yeah, granite. Yeah, you think of it all as being granite. Uh, South Park has got lime mm. all over the place. 
Yeah. Because um, we used to get peat out of some of those areas up there, and that peat was always high, like 8 point something pH. Mm-hmm. But that's because the surrounding hills were all lime. And that's because that was all underwater one time, under seawater. Yeah. Well, what, what, what are the flat irons made out of? Aren't they? Uh, sandstone. Sandstone. Yeah. So would that contain um, lime? I think it should be tested to, to make yeah. sure. Although Wouldn't hurt. Yeah, I, you, see, you see postings in Facebook all the time. What do I need? Well, we need one of two things. <laughs> Epsom salt always comes out first. Oh, yeah. And, and rarely is that needed anywhere. No. And then calcium comes in. Oh, I just add calcium. <clears throat> well, plants need calcium, but in minute yeah. amounts. Yeah, not that much. Not compared to, say, nitrogen, which plants use in huge amounts. And yeah. that is what I can say all of our soils are missing. Yeah. And unless you're growing something other than than uh, <laughs> what all the plant catalogs are filled with, <laughs> <laughs> but in- I, including vegetables. I think your point, though, is having a soil test done. And a good one. I mean, those the ones you know over the counter type things that you can buy <clears throat> that will measure nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, and, and pH. They're good. They'll get you in the ballpark if you're careful about doing it and yeah. read the instructions and follow the instructions so that you don't contaminate your samples. And if you can tell about <coughs> the different uh, forty-three different shades of pink. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> if you're colorblind, don't even bother. <laughs> but. Um, you know, CSU does a really good job of well, yeah. soil testing. Yeah. No. And, and most garden centers will have the uh, CSU sample kits. Kits, yeah. And they're free yeah. to kits take are. home, but then <coughs> CSU will charge you for the soil test itself. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that's gotten up to be. I mean, <laughs> back when I was an agent, I think it was $16. I think it's probably more like 30 or more yeah, now. Probably. But, you know, do it once. And that way you'll get a baseline. Or if you've been, you know, amending your soil, like our last caller, for 40 years, mm-hmm. things change. Oh, yeah. They can change there. Yep. So it might be a good idea to go and have another soil <coughs> test to see, do I need to keep adding eggshells? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or do I change my breakfast habit altogether? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of soil tests. But you don't have to do them every year. I'd, I'd say once every eight or ten years yeah. is probably Probably plenty. good enough, yeah, for most of the things that you're looking at. Because uh, there are a lot of things that <clears throat> plants need, have to have, but in such minute quantities that uh, you have them now, you're going to have them probably for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm there's enough in the soil and the nice thing about the csu soil test is it comes <coughs> back and it'll it'll give you a lot of detail um more than just npk and and phosphorus it gives you cation exchange capacity and all kinds of other things which you may not even care about but then it gives you a nice little written narrative about what what you need to do and yes. how much you need and to add of exactly. this that or the other thing to to bring the soil up into productivity for whatever you told them you were going to grow in that yeah. area and it'll be different uh, from trees and shrubs and from uh, vegetable gardens mm-hmm. exactly or for your cotton field out back or for your blueberries <coughs> yeah well different <laughs> definitely change for that what 
use that button oh, over there. Oh, I'm using the wrong button here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there are buttons all over this table. I know, right? And they're all the same color and all oh. within reach. Here we go. <laughs> that one's for you right there. All right. That, okay. Leave all those right, buttons alone. Go. All right. There. Oh, I like They're that. red. They're just <laughs> impossible not to touch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, here. Before we get out of, out of hand here. Um... Is there anything else I had? Well, we have two callers waiting to talk oh, to I'm us. I'm not sure I want to talk to them yet. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, we'll go out and talk to them. All right, let's start out with Joe in Arvada. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. What's going on with you today? Oh, not a whole lot. I just need some help with my cucumbers. Okay, eat them. <laughs> <clears throat> I can't. What's the matter? They are so bitter. This is the second year this has happened, ah. uh, not in a row, that we cannot stand them. We're having to throw them all out. The plants are bearing quite well, but they're horrible, and I yeah. don't know exactly what to do. Usually that's a water issue, that they're not okay, getting water wa sufficient water or, or being watered uh, f frequently enough. Okay, I water twice a week, so you're saying I need to water more. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Can you tell me how you're watering? Uh, drip irrigation. And can you describe um, Can you describe that? Do you have a dripper on single plant? No, I take uh, the perforated line and I wind it around the base of the cucumber. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. Now I got an idea. When you turn the dripper system on, how long do you leave it on? An hour. I suspect that's not enough. Oh, Especially okay. later in the season. Okay. Early on, it probably is. Yeah. But once the plants okay. get larger and full of fruit, and then I've also found that waiting too long to pick them, yeah. they'll get bitter as well. If, they're, if they start uh, to turn yellow at before. all, they're, they're going to be bitter. No, uh-uh. No, I'm getting them before then, it, even when they're very small. Okay. Well, oh, I'll tell you are. what. We're at the end yeah. of the season. You might want to just go out... Consider if you have a number of plants, take a trowel out there and start digging down uh, close to the one of those plants and just see what the soil feels like, you know, six inches okay. or, or a foot down if you can get that far. Okay. Okay. And if it's kind okay. of if it's kind of dryish, then your problem has been insufficient water over the over the summer. And that's a that's a guarantee for bitter cucumbers. Yeah. All right. Well, I didn't know that. Now I do. Thank you so much. You bet. Next right. year. Bye-bye. Okay. <laughs> yeah, next year will be better. That's right. Yeah. And cucumbers are one of those plants that likes a lot of soil prep. They like a nicely well-prepared soil bed with, with plenty of organic material added. Yep. Yep. Um, and I, this, is one, this is one place where I actually recommend using cow manure or some kind of maybe rotted horse manure. Um, mm -hmm rather than peat moss oh yeah yeah peat moss will break up the soil mm -hmm. uh, that that's one feature but uh <clears throat> you want to get that that uh, those minerals and stuff down in there as yeah. well i guess compost a good compost would work as well like the eco compost and that's a chicken base and then fertilize but nitrogen i mean uh, cucumbers are nitrogen hogs they yeah. need to be fertilized regularly and watered deeply <clears throat> So I think probably two times a week during the summer when they're full of fruit is not going to be sufficient. Could be. Could be. Didn't ask her if she mulched them. 
That would be a good idea. Well, to multi all your vegetables, if you, if you can. Yeah, once we get into the hot part of the year. Yep. Uh, not, ri- not right off the bat, because our soils are tendency to have a tendency to be kind of cool in the spring, and those are warm season crops, so they do like a warm soil to get going. But once we get into the hot part of the year, then a mulch will help keep the soil from getting too warm and also to help conserve moisture. And just remember, you put a mulch down, you'll probably have to increase watering a little bit to get that water through the mulch yeah. into the ground. Well, maybe her, maybe her drip system will be underneath the mulch. Well, that would be preferable. Even better. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's see. Where are we at with time? Yeah, let's go out and talk to Kathleen real quick out in Denver. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, guys. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Somebody touched on this a little bit before me. I wanted to talk about seeds and gathering them. I I have four o'clocks, and they have a little black seed. Yes. Is there a maturity thing? Am I pulling them off too early? If they're black, they're ripe. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. I just pulled a bunch off. Okay. They don't have to go a certain size or... No. Nope. They're black. Black, yeah. they're, they're done. They look like little black grenades. Yep. Yeah. And right. how, many, how many seeds do you need? I don't know. Enough for next year? Oh, I have a... a my husband set up some lights for me, and um, I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, I'm, I, oh, you're going to grow them inside? Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't. They get they get enormous in size. Yeah, they do. Okay, so it'd be just wait until May and then plop them in the ground. Oh, huh? oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's why I ask it. And, and typically, I don't know many people that need more than ten. Seems like nine too many. Um, so you need to just go out there and shake the shake the bush into a bucket, and you got your ten seeds. Right, and, You're ready. They do, and they do get two feet tall. I mean, the ones that I planted, I went, oh, wow, I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what about zinnias? The same, I, I, I have so many beautiful zinnias. Just, what, there's a, is there a, a maturity date? Well, on? there is. You need to let the flower go completely dry until it turns brown. Everything, everything brown now on that flower. And once yeah. it's dried, you can go ahead and cut it off and, and, uh, and you know, just pull apart the, the, the uh, seed or the um, flower head. Right, right. Now, most of what you get are not seeds. You'll oh. take a look at what you get, and you'll see there's are, there are some black, flat things in there. Yeah. Those, are, those are the seeds. Uh-huh. And all the rest is just, you know, trash or old yeah. petals and stuff. Charred, okay. Yeah. All right. I'll... Okay, that's great. That's what I needed to hear. And, and I'm just, I, I'm laying them on a, I picked up some boxes from Sam's and just mm-hmm. let them dry out. Well, I'd let them dry on the plants. Make sure the seeds are ripe. I got it. Okay. Wait yeah, you don't, want to, you don't want to harvest the seeds too early. Okay. Yeah. yeah, let Mother Nature do most of the work. Well, I'll be doing it in the snow at the wet rate we're having these 90 <laughs> yeah. degree days, for heaven's sakes. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's what I needed to hear. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. All right. All righty, you bet. Yeah, there's some things you probably shouldn't grow inside as, as houseplants. You can do it in a greenhouse if you had a greenhouse. Uh, even in a greenhouse, I wouldn't do zinnias, I'm sorry. <laughs> or four o'clock. <laughs> or four o'clock. No use for them. Hey, there's music in our ears, and that indicates that we have done an entire hour of answering your questions and doing some babble on our own. And uh, when that's all done, a little bit of a break, probably the shortest break in uh, radio history. We'll be back right here on Legends 810.